0: All right. Welcome to Jesus TV. Jesus has sponsored this and actually he's directing this. And unfortunately, we're mortals. So we're just we're not going to do it right. So that's one thing you can count on with mortals is they won't do it right. But Jesus, he's a good suffering. So he says suffer it to be so for now. And so if you find yourself being not a good parent, understand that's normal you're, you are probably not a good parent because you are, it's called being human hindered. We are all human hindered. Unfortunately, I was sent down here with a, with a cross that I have to bear. You know what the cross is we all wake up with our bodies, our human bodies. So that's the cross. We have to um, carry your cross. Everyone will carry the cross, whether they call it a cross. Um, that's between them and Jesus, but when I wake up in the morning, that's one of the things Jesus told me. He says, "Make the sign of a cross with your body." So my outstretched arms, my long body uh, makes the form of a cross. And then he informed me, he said, "You see how you carry a cross?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's awkward. It's heavy. It's um, and it's getting heavier." So he's like, "Well, if you just learn to eat less." And I'm like, yeah, but that would require me to give up my sins. I'd have to give it to you, Jesus, which I have done. So hallelujah, we're on that path of weight loss. And he tells me when we're going to lose weight. He says, it's going to happen soon, which if you watch The Chosen, you know, that's kind of a joke, a running joke, because what that means could mean like, Greg, when you hit 80 years old, you're going to be a skinny guy. Um, All right, enough about my weight loss, Uh, but that was introducing the concept of the cross that we all bear Uh, christians then look at um, mortal life as a great opportunity to um, pattern after jesus because he also was hugely human hindered he was a god of the old testament the new testament and here he came down into one of these mortal flesh and then he had to um, suffer like we suffer but that's good because then he understands all right, enough of that. Any Anybody got any other topics or response to that? Um, you can tell us what you're doing, too, Emily, because she explained that before we started the, the thing.
1: Yeah. Um, this is my son, Jason. Wave hi, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um. We are just trying to make some of our own paint and pigment. Um, and that's because I don't know if you guys can see So if you can see on here, the mud I did last time, it looked really nice and dark. And now it yeah. dried like all light. Oh, and I nice. don't like that it dried so light. So then I was uh, talking to some of my students and then I, Jason and I were just researching. I'm like, I should just make my own paint and then I can make it like. Yeah. So now as of like Friday, we were just like, let's research how
2: to make paint. And it's like, you yeah. grind your own stuff and you find your own dirt and you grind yeah. it up. The thing about pigment is that it's, the reason why it's so expensive because each, each color pigment or each type, you have to do it exactly right. Otherwise you're gonna end up with something that doesn't look like what it's supposed to be. Oh, like, for example, one pigment requires being heated to a 1000 degrees. But, but, yeah, that is good.
1: Yeah, but we're not trying to make like real pigment. We're just finding random stuff. And we're just like grinding it up. And so these are some of the colors and things I already like. So we're just trying to grind up a bunch of different.
2: Yeah, like
1: I guess right now it's just essentially just dust.
2: Yeah, and we might like grind the up, like this burnt wood here.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to grind next. It. It's this piece of charcoal wood and just like grind it up to get like a black. I don't know. We just thought it sounded like fun. And then I just realized, so you, you, we, so to white make it, you get a pigment and then you mix it with different types of oils like walnut oil or linseed oil. And I thought I had some, I swear I do somewhere, but I can't find it. I looked in my garage and in here, so I'm probably going to have to buy some more. So today we're just um, grinding. Well we could use baby oil.
2: Oh, nice. <laughs> that could I've...
1: be that could be really I don't know if that'll work. I use that to clean off. Actually, funny enough, you can clean off oil paint off your hands with baby oil. If, if you don't want to use like a like um an acetone or something, or not you wouldn't put acetone on your hands. <laughs> um if you don't want to use like a mineral spirit or uh, something like that or a turpentine. So today we're just grinding up some different stuff, or just right now, just because it sounded like fun.
0: That's, I like it. And I feel a parable coming on. So,
1: right. DIY you bring it down to nothing. So there's no lumps. And no <laughs> rocks. and then you make it into something new. You could, you could go somewhere with that.
0: That's right. So um, a lot of times you get born into a family and they go, here's your paint um, things. And you're like, uh, that's not going to work for me. Um, and you're going to have to make your own then good luck with that. And so that's kind of what, as you develop a personal relationship with Jesus, he's like, "Yeah, your hope is no longer in those paints you grew up with. Your hope is in me, and so let's go get some dirt yes. and and get it up to a thousand degrees. Just kidding, we're not going to do that not this time. And so Emily's DIY paint thing that's what it makes me think of is because she's kind of doing a DIY uh spiritual journey as well um which, of course, if you've watched these previous episodes, part of her DIY with Jesus is she's uh, making up seeing Jesus inside um, art that she's painting with her fingers.
1: Yeah, for sure. And definitely just so you guys understand what I'm trying to do. So like I sprayed this section with water. See, that's how dark I want it to be.
0: That's right. how dark it was right. last right. week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: So that's where I'm like really annoyed with it. So that's what we're playing with today.
0: <laughs> it's and, just... and what's your job, Jason? Are you a, a, the grinder?
1: Uh, he's just, he, he just came in here when I was talking to Jonathan on the phone and was just like, oh, you're grinding? I want to help grind paint. That's legit what happened.
0: Oh, good. Well, we're glad that you're on Jesus TV. Jason yeah. loves
1: to try to make stuff. And Jason yeah. Jason loves Jesus too. <laughs>
0: Yeah. All yeah. right, we I like, like him.
2: Computers, too. Yeah, nice. Computers. Awesome. Yeah.
0: yeah. Computers and Jesus. I like computers and Jesus, too. I, yeah. I like Jesus I more. You. Jesus is easier to understand with computers. Maybe artificial intelligence can tell us more about him.
1: Um, yeah, we have been playing with artificial intelligence. Have you guys played with that?
2: It's called Chat GPT. Yeah. Practically do anything. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a powerful tool, and it shows us the future. I mean, it's like seeing the first car coming out, (laughs) and it's like, it should scare people, just like it did the pioneers, like, oh, this is scary. No, I'll stay with my horse, thank you. Some of the scary people. Others are like, woo, when can I get one? And so, yeah, chat GPT's coming on. It's 10 years from now. Yeah, I
1: tried to ask chat GPT what Jesus looks like.
2: But it answered with like no uh, there's no solid we cannot it also said we can the chat GPT cannot show images for whatever reason. <laughs> and they can also it also no one knows what Jesus actually looks like.
1: Like it said, he's often depicted with a beard or not a beard, some he has short hair, you know, and so it was kind yeah. of a funny a funny yeah. thing that we did this week is we're just like. What hey,
0: good! That?
1: I love it. I never. I, I guess there's different types of AI, and I've never used them. I was hoping it would create an image for me because I was just really curious what it would like mash up. And uh,
0: yeah, but
1: you using it's, chat? Yeah, yeah ChatGPT. Uh, one of my one of my other teachers at my work, he's doing. He's think I don't know if he's going to, but he was thinking about doing his his PhD um, dissertation on like using chat GPT as like a learning. <laughs> Buddy. And yeah. so like as you ask it questions, and it gives you answers and then you dive deeper and deeper and deeper into things. Nice. And using it as something to give you feedback on what you're
2: doing. Uh, and I thought it was kind of an interesting concept. And uh
0: so that's that something
2: did. I was using it to help me program like fix errors and
0: stuff. Oh, and and how did yeah, it do I that? Did, some you, commands I did, it, did it work?
2: No. Yeah, talk a pair. He asked, how did it do that? what how did,
0: did it, it do that it, did it do
2: it work? i well? don't know how it, it how, chat, how chat gpt works is they use algorithms i don't know what one of them's called but sadly it can't tell me what, like the rest of it because it says it. it's not programmed to tell me like how they work the algorithms work oh i can't oh. tell you how it works yeah because <laughs> that kind of oh. makes sense because before someone else will figure out like do the same thing
0: yeah
2: yeah i think
0: that's right. So it's a selfish AI. That's that's yeah. under that's understandable. It's understandable.
1: No, it's pretty advanced. <laughs> that's
0: right. Yeah. yeah that's
2: fine.
0: Well, that's I. It, it touches my heart that you asked it Jesus questions. That that sounds like what my people would do. The Jesus people like how can we use this chat GPT? I don't know. Let's ask him what Jesus is like. Let's ask him
1: what Jesus is like and what he can find for us.
0: Yeah, that's right. You know? And, uh, (laughs) so
1: it was interesting. You know, it didn't tell me anything new, although I've Googled that question before. And there was a a researcher, I don't remember their name, but they were using like, this is before I started watching the children. This is probably like, see, it's probably three or four years ago. And, uh, (laughs) And uh, the researcher, anyway, she came up with a version of what she thought Jesus would look like based on, like, the time period and, like, the culture. And it was a guy with, like, curly hair, you know, and, like, really dark skin. And then she talks a lot about the clothing, which The Chosen does a lot of where it's, like, they wear the short clothing. Like, they don't, they didn't wear, like, really long hot. And you know, you usually wear like really long robes, like, but Peter on the chosen, I'm always like, oh, that robe is just a little bit short, you know. <laughs> and,
0: like, <laughs> right, yeah.
1: And so, yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's been interesting, you know. And uh, that's actually something I appreciate about the chosen is they, I feel like they showed, they tried to show a lot of the people, um, perhaps what the culture yeah. would be. Oh well,
3: yeah, and that's that- funny. that's funny because I thought just the opposite. Really. What did you think? Well, there were a few things. I actually really enjoy many episodes of The Chosen. There's a few that are kind of clunky, but, um, and there's a few that I I found myself going, I don't think it was like that, but, um, but there were a few cultural things that I was like, why are you making it like it is today? Like, why are you trying to like, like you know like you're trying to be really relatable but i thought the whole idea was to give a picture of what it was but the truth is i i heard an interview and it sounded like dallas was kind of trying to do something in the middle and that's fine i still like the chosen i still like um most of the episodes um but like a small thing like um when he was choosing all the disciples it was like okay so wait a second um and if you guys know me I. I'm in favor of, like, family (laughs) Um, a lot. And I uh, I was like, so really, you're you're trying to convince me that one out of 12 of the disciples who are in their mid-20s are married. In their culture, in that time, I'm sorry, but not one out of 12 would be married. Like all of them, and if there was one who was not married... You know, like that would be the exception to the rule by their mid 20s. And I thought, I thought, well, yeah, it's like, You know, they're trying to say it's like it's like this has come out of our culture where, you know, guys sit around in their mom's basements until they're 32, 36, you know, and play, you know, and playing video games. (laughs) I thought thought they're just reflecting our culture like, oh, well, of course, back then, you know, it's like, well, they're in their 20s. They wouldn't be married. It's like, no, yeah, they would all be married. I would doubt that they would be like, what, like
1: 16 or something, I think, when Jesus wasn't she. Isn't that
3: what research said, like the Mary, the mother of Jesus, wasn't? Sorry. She was 14 or so. Wait, when, oh, Mary, Mary, the mother of Jesus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she's like 15, 14. I don't know. It's a different time period.
3: Yep. So, so there's been a few things like that where I was like, I was like, and I I think partially because I, 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 um, I love family so much that it was like, I was like, uh, when I saw that in the first few episodes, I was like, oh, come on. Like, like, you know, I'm like, do they have to not have families, you know? So anyways, that's, that
0: yeah, was I my thought, but I didn't know. That. that. I, I commented to my wife. I said last night, I said, if, uh, I could only have one movie or one television program with all its episodes, and I had to be on a desert island, I said, it would be The Chosen, I'm pretty sure it'd be The Chosen, that's what I would go with, so um, that's what I think of it, and I don't, but I don't mind um, people pointing out inconsistencies, I I think it's awesome, uh, uh, and it's uh, but yeah, I can I can see what you're saying and I think that's valid and I think there's lots of other valid things that you could um, put there, um, just like my, my brother when he looks at Star Wars, oh, you're hearing all these sounds you wouldn't hear sounds in space <laughs> and I'm like, well, it, you enjoy your Star Wars, uh, your, your critical Star Wars, I'm just, I'm going to surrender to my, um, my disbelief and uh, I mean, uh, yeah, and, and I'm going to believe um, and and um so ignorance is bliss sometimes but um my my wife is a is a close watcher too so she'll notice if a tie's been adjusted or something from the scene to scene so there's different ways to do it and i um so i respect what jonathan's saying uh, and i have have no problem with it because it doesn't disrupt um my immersion uh if it it disrupted my immersion then i'd be like i've gotta cover my ears Ah." yeah
1: i actually yeah i love it i actually hadn't even thought about the fact that they were i mean you mentioned it now and i'm like oh yeah they probably they probably really were married and had families and stuff but um it doesn't it didn't it doesn't bother me um i just like i don't know i love the chosen too um but yeah that part just didn't bother but you're right it's probably totally true it's probably does they probably did have a family like most definitely. It would have been like one out of 10 did not have a family,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, and and, and Mary's portrayed as being a harlot, uh, a whore. Uh, that's not scriptural. Um, she did have seven um, seven uh, demons inside of her, whatever. That's scriptural. And I thought, oh, okay, I didn't know that. But I don't care. It's just like creative license. Um, because like you started out what, what did Jesus really look like? <laughs> so we have, well, let's go with this. And like, that doesn't seem to bother people until it does bother them. Like, oh, I want the real Jesus. Well, good luck with that. Ask Chat Ch- GPT, ask millions of authorities. You're still going to have to grab and say, well, I think he's like this. Well, good. And so as, a, as an in- individual, that's really um, what my own personal experience with Jesus, how I think of him now, I know it's very personal, and it's wrong. Like, Greg, it's wrong. Okay, well, they do it right. Okay, well, what is that? Well, Jonathan knows the right way. No, Emily knows the right way. Oh, President Nelson knows exactly who Jesus is. I'd say, no, that sounds like something you want to have happen, but I don't think anybody, nobody fully comprehends the nature of God. I think it's um, incomprehensible. And so Jesus himself does what Jonathan's complaining. He shows parts of himself to us that are, oh, you're just making stuff up now, Jesus. Hey, this is so you'll understand me. You won't freak out who I really am. And so he treats us like little kids. So there's Jonathan kind of like, oh, you know, they're they're not doing this right. Well, I guarantee you that Jonathan's conception of Christ is probably skewed but kindly so, that his tender feelings about who Jesus is, um, and I know mine is, it's like, um, but Jesus allows that. What do you think about that, Jonathan? You see what I'm saying? That every mortal, um, whether it's how Jesus looks or how he interacts with them, Jesus accommodates their understanding and so forth, and thus he's taking the same creative license in a way that Dallas Jenkins is. Can you respond to that?
3: Yeah. So, um, uh, so I think you're right in the sense that, um, well, and it's that way with our own children as well. It's like, you know, you think about what you thought about your parents when you were, well, think of your earliest memories, you know, they, they are almost like a God figure at first. They can do no wrong. They have, um, you know, they're, they're perfect in every way, um. But beyond that, like there's their there, uh, semi lies, um, or not necessarily lies, but things that parents allow children to believe, which are not completely accurate until the child progresses and over time can understand. Um, you know, the whole reproductive thing is one of those things. It's like a lot of children don't believe it when they're actually told how it all works. And you don't blame them. It's rather strange, um, and so it's uh, so it's that way. And I I think um, it's like there's two sides to it. Um, and yeah, so a couple thoughts with that. I'll try to make them brief. Um, I'm going to kind of roll through them as quickly as I can. The one thought that I have when you're going through, I actually have to. The only way that I can watch a movie. Is if I choose to um, to be partially blind, for some reason I have my my mind is I pick out in particulars and I notice things that are out of place. Um, and you could say that's 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 why you know it's like a lot of the things like I'll write things and people are like wow I never thought of that before, and it's like it's like I feel like much of my life I've been kind of in a weird place and that I couldn't fit into normal society. Um, It's like everybody else could see the obvious. And the only thing that I could see was the thing that was sticking out. So it's like, you're kind of handicapped to the obvious, but like honed into the thing that's out of place. Um, And so, so the only way that I can enjoy a movie is if I decide consciously that I'm going to shut off that that you know it's like but i have a threshold like if you present me a character that's not believable if you try to convince me of a romance that didn't happen you know it's like all of a sudden they're kissing and it's like where did that come from you know like you didn't you didn't sell me on the romance it didn't happen you know you didn't take all the steps you needed to it's like i have a threshold and then it's like oh this is garbage and i want to shut it off
2: <laughs>
3: well it's like it's like it's like you know it's not just garbage on like you know that maybe it's smutty or not smutty what's the word uh it's it's uh you know inappropriate but but just like it's just you know why didn't you take the time to do it right and, and convince me that you know that the story so the f- story follows a certain um and so so it's like two sides of a coin. And that's, uh, that's what I think I'll make my last comment is that it's like, I think the reason that so often we haven't understood God is because there's like these two sides. On the one hand, he's this loving God who is like willing to meet you where, he, where you're at. And that's like almost like the gospel of the sun, right? Like Jesus will come and meet you wherever you're at, as long as you want Jesus and you want the truth. You know, it's like if you're just out there, you know, doing your own thing and you don't want God, well, then he's not going to bother you. But if you're wanting to move upward, he'll come meet you where you're at. And then there's the flip side. And that's like the father. Right. And there's this idea that it's like, like, you know, like the mercy comes through the son. But the father, it's like, is this justice thing? It's like it's like this impossibly high standard. Um That it's like, you know, you read the scriptures and it's like, you can get pretty depressed, you know, because it's like, it's like, you know, command, there's a, a, I think there's a Doctrine and Covenants quote, you know, commandments, not a few, you know, and, um, and that's why we need the son is because we need, you know, it's like, it's like, there's too much to do and it's and we need some we need somebody to come in and give us you know like the child that you give a little task or a little truth that they can understand that's what i think christ does for us is that um and that that spirit of mercy is that it it meets us where we're at on the other hand so this is the last thing i'll say is that if you want to know god if you're like looking around and you're like oh my goodness i'm missing something i need you know it's like it's like something's wrong with my framework well then plan to plan for it to be a little bit difficult because like what you're really asking for is you're asking him to come in and start pointing out to you all of those things all those little things you know that it's like it's like you really, really want to like it's like the father who the, you know, that he's got a son and the son says, you know, it would be, easy, you know, you got, you got it easy, dad. It's like, you know, like I have to go to school and do all these things and you've got it easy, you know? And then the, the father's like, all right, well, you know, now you're 18. Now you can go out on your own and try to try to make your own rent, try to make your own thing, try to do your old thing. And it's like, and the son learns really quickly that it's like, I didn't know my dad. I didn't understand what it was like to be a father, what it was like to have people disagree with you, what it was like to lose a job, what it was like to have a mortgage or to have a, you know, I'm giving kind of worldly examples, but it's like if we really want to grow up and become close to God, well, then what that's going to mean is that when you start to ask for that, plan on the fact that it's like he's going to come in and begin, it's going to be that kind of knife, right? That's like, you know it's like it's like yeah I was overlooking you were overlooking a lot of stuff and I was overlooking a lot of stuff and piece by piece we're going to start not overlooking this stuff because you want to be like me so and you want to know me you really want to know me I don't think you want to know me that's why I think it's like we have to pray for a while before he really takes us up on the offer it's like we really have to want to know him cuz he's like I don't think you really want to know what I'm really like. <laughs> and true. and it's like, and it's like, and eventually like when you can see that we're really, really, we really want it. And then he's like, okay, well, here we go. I'll turn it back.
0: I love it. That's great. Uh, in fact, if, if it's okay, Emily, if you have any comments, but I want to read something that ties into that. Okay. So this is what, this is why I was late actually, because I've, Greg was about 15 minutes late to seeing, oh, that's right. My time slipped away. That's because Jesus had, so Jesus talks to me through movies. He doesn't talk to me through um, finger paint yet. Yeah, art like he does um, Emily um, and and um, her son Jason getting trained to this. That's really cool, right in front of your eyes, uh, how to find Jesus in mud that you're swash- sloshing around. Um but he talks to me in movies, and so we script movies. And so, um, this is a movie um, that I don't know exactly. I, I called it Part Twenty Seven. He's he's making this hundred-part movie to explain to me what the Jesus verse is. Uh, some people might know that as the kingdom of God, but it's like a virtual space, like the metaverse. But it's a it's a space that that you'll you'll see. I mean, whoever you are. In 10 years, you'll, you'll get it, uh, but I am supposed to get it early because I'm supposed to help him um, develop it or something like that. Um, and so here's the part of the movie that he, he wrote. This is, the, this is what um, Jonathan's thought about waking up to, because <laughs> uh, learning to sing the wake up songs, follow Jesus, yes, and then don't be surprised once God leads you as you follow him deep into the wilderness away from the comforts of the world to a literal and or metaphorical land where you no longer can take comfort like you used to, nor have hope like you used to in the world and the things of the world and its assurances of well-being. But instead, you'll be led to a place where you are left only with hope in Christ alone. Once you go all in on Jesus, you may end up waking up from sleep every morning like I do, which is true. (laughs) This is why we're, Jesus is making this movie, to explain like, what's going on, Jesus? I'm following you like I do, feeling like you're a ragged, tired Mormon pioneer waking up in the snow-covered plains of southern Wyoming in the 1800s, facing another day of pushing and pulling a handcart, another 10 miles a day across the muddy, windswept pathway, knowing that when you eventually arrive in the Utah Territory, You'll be working every day to keep your family fed and clothed with very little money and the necessity of spending tremendous amounts of energy as you toil to, hopefully, turn 40 acres of sagebrush into a little farm and a bunch of logs from a mountain into a one-room house where you'll probably live out the rest of your days. Oh, goody, you think, as you feel the weariness set in even before you've actually done any of the day's work. And as the sun peeks over the rise, huddled in your worn-out blanket, you think about your aching feet, you worry about your wife's worsening cough, and wonder if you can find dry wood to start a fire. But then, as you pray, Jesus whispers to remind you to sing the special song. Sing the song, son, let me lighten your load. You sing the song with Jesus, and it makes a world of difference. zippity doo da zippity oh my, oh my, what a wonderful day you authentically proclaim to the ragged, huddled mass of beautiful family moaning around you. Time to wake up and sing the song, you wonderful Jesus pioneers. The song has done its magic. Um, up you go to cook mush flour with dried buffalo poop, feeling like a millionaire. A millionaire on a major scene-like camping trip with Jesus, you tell yourself. Rinse, repeat. You've just watched the power of the wake-up scene with Jesus. And what song did Jesus have you sing out there in the plains? In the Book of Mormon, the prophet Alma, the younger, describes what happened to the people of his father's time after they were baptized, saying, their souls did expand, and they did sing the song of redeeming love. And I say unto you, that they are saved they were of course baptized not just with water but jesus had come and baptized them with a fire that causes a fundamental change inside a person you become a new creature in one of the most profound verses in all scripture alma proclaims if ye have experienced a change of heart and if ye have felt to sing the song of redeeming love i would ask can ye feel so now so, how do you feel when you wake up in the morning? Like a billionaire, like a winner of the mega lottery, or like somebody financially deep underwater, out in the cold, greeting the day with trepidation? Doesn't matter, really. What matters when you wake up feeling overwhelmed is what you do next. If I'm honest, most every morning since I was born again in 2015, I've woke up feeling like the overwhelmed pioneer. Just before he sang the super Jesus song, feeling like a pauper with looming debts, feeling like I'm waking up in a gym with heavy weights upon me. But since 2015, Jesus has explained those weights to me. He's explained why he has me wake up feeling like the cold, dreary pioneer on the snow plains of Wyoming. A still small voice has convinced me that there's a good reason for those initial wake-up feelings inside of me. They are part of a discipline of a disciple of Jesus Christ. They call me to him. It's time to work out those spiritual muscles of yours. Let's get going, Jesus seems to say to me. Don't worry, Greg, it'll get easier. If you'll just sing the song, and I sing, and it does get easier. Jesus actually has four such songs for me that I sing so far. The pillow song, the blanket song, the sheet song, the mattress song. These songs we sing before I start the fire, where I will sing even more songs and more Jesus prescribed songs throughout the day until bedtime. Rinse, repeat day after day. This is the way. Working out with Jesus, getting stronger, not in the world, but stronger in Christ, actually even weaker and weaker in the world, which would be concerning. (laughs) And as I said, it is concerning every morning until I sing the song, if my hope was in the world, but my hope is no longer in the world. It is in Christ. Jesus calls this odd training, special forces training. That's because Jesus wants me to learn to rely on special forces, also called Jesus forces, also called miracle forces, also called the power of God. Opposite of the power of the world. Use the force, Greg, a still small voice seems to say to me, yep, I used to have way more hope in the world. Yep. I used to wake up without these heavy weights upon me. Yep. I used to wake out, wake up without feeling like a pioneer, waking up on I-80 in wind-swept Wyoming, but I also used to wake up without continually crying out to my God and earnestly talking with Jesus, walking with Jesus, waking with Jesus, having breakfast with Jesus, and spending the whole day with Jesus of necessity and of joy. Hallelujah, Jesus, for the obstacle course, the divine chicane you do put me on every day. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me eyes to see and ears to hear the purpose of these tribulations to bring me closer and closer to you it's working lord hallelujah lead thou me on though my rest be a stone still in my dreams i'll be nearer my jesus to thee there you go that's the end of that episode
1: i'm going to have to read that to catch it all <laughs> there's so many parts of it that i liked
0: um yeah, that i and, and I want to tie it back to what Jonathan was saying, that when you decide to go on this journey with Christ, and you are already are on ones, whether you know it or not, because he can say, Oh, I'll leave you alone, but that's a part of the journey. <laughs> you're like, Really? Yep. Because he'll say, Have fun with the world, because the world will teach you things, and it'll teach you I don't like the world. When will it teach me that? And that is yet to be determined. Um, if your your hope is in the world, um, but it'll run out. So that's what God has, thankfully, he set up our bodies to to fail. And guess what else he did? He set up an operating system that's set to fail, to fail us individually. And when it fails, you, then you've got no hope. So you either die and you live fearfully throughout your life, or you find the good news, which is there's a better way. And But it is a way of discipline. and That's what Jonathan's words to me, anyways, remind me of, is that you are on, going to be on a path, but think about the world. Um, is that easy? Because what he just described, um, kids realizing, wow, dad does a lot of work. No, everybody gets to work. I don't care if you're into Jesus or not into Jesus, you will suffer. Um, you can go ahead and tell yourself stories, which is good, <laughs> um, that help reduce the suffering. But... For me, I've realized the world's stories won't comfort me enough. Like, no, I, they don't do it. I'm going to have to have special forces, if you will, something um, more powerful. And, and I, I know who set that up so that the world won't, won't work for me. Because I know that if I could, I would rely upon the world. Because it seems more comforting. It's a bigger, it's a better lie. <laughs> but Jesus is, the, is not a lie. And it's a sobering truth, like, okay, so I have to keep your commandments in order to be close to you? About why? Uh, and, and he's like, in the world, don't you have to keep the commandments? The commandment is get up and work eight hours a day. If you don't keep that commandment, you go see what happens. So the world has its own commandments, but it likes to say, well, those aren't commandments, <laughs> but they're rules. You don't follow them. Just, you, you can go find people who aren't following that rule. And if they don't got a lot of Jesus, they are in a bad place. They don't have Jesus, and they don't keep the commandments that they were taught in school. You wake up. You be responsible. We got this. Um, God helps those who help themselves. Those are all antichrist um, phrases, by the way. Um, they could be construed in a Christian way, but Jesus has told me <laughs> self-sufficiency is a big, big lie. But it's one that can actually get you through okay in the world. You can tell yourself that lie. For now, for now. Um, Jonathan and I both know that the earth changing where that lie isn't going to work for you anymore. And that just came to Jonathan and I a little early. So anyways, you can read Jonathan's poems. Jonathan's, um, Jesus has him telling four story tales in poetic form. There's what's coming. <laughs> and one of those is the truth is coming for you. What? <laughs> so I like those because it's my experience too. It's like, Wow. Jesus, you seem like somebody I should be afraid of. Really? Um, And the answer is no, no, not at all. (laughs) Um, But there is, there is that, there is uh, opposition in all things. So Jesus is not just the lamb. No, he's, he's that lion too. And um, I'm, I'm still getting used to that. So I talk about it like, oh, that's an uncomfortable truth, Jesus. (laughs) But. When, once you understand that, then you can start looking at your tribulations and go, maybe there's a kindness in this. Maybe I wouldn't turn to Christ this heavily unless I had a counterweight that I'm having to lift. I'm like, oh, man, I, I, I got to get more something. It's either more alcohol, meth, or Jesus. Let's see. Let me see. Which one do I want? And... Jesus goes, well, try whatever you want. I forbid the other two, but go ahead. You can try those. What kind of Jesus are you? You put all these alternatives. Yeah, go, go binge out on Fox News and MSNBC. See how that makes you feel. Worse. <laughs> now, try the Bible. Try Jesus TV. Better. Oh, I think you're learning, aren't you, Greg? Yes, yes. Can't you just take all these pains away? I will, and he does. So I, I don't want to scare anybody. He gives you periods of rest. So he does promise rest, but you left something out, Jesus. <laughs> no, I didn't. It's in there. Take my yoke upon you. Uh, which yoke is called what? A cross. Oh, that sounds ominous. Yes. Every day, pick up the cross. Well, yeah, why wouldn't you? Uh, I did. And like, oh, okay. So anyhow, that's uh, that's street preaching Uh, It's like, tell it like it is, Greg, but I have to, because I'm trying to understand it myself. Like, why would this be the way, the Jesus way? Because it feels like I still got problems. But I go back to Zippity-Doodah. If you sing those songs, you're like a slave still uh, in, in Georgia or in Texas, picking cotton. Yes. But when you sing those songs, how's that feel, Greg? I don't know. It makes the day go by better. I'm picking cotton, picking cotton, singing the songs. And I want to slit my wrist less, a lot less. No, I don't. I I think I'm going to stay and do another day. Well, there you go. And with the hope that maybe someday he'll set me free. And then he tells me about the Underground Railroad. There's an Underground Railroad? Yeah, I don't call it that anymore. But it's called the Jesus first. Really? How do you get into the Jesus first? How do I get on that? And then he shows me. So that's what he's got me hooked on is like, there's this other kingdom, hidden kingdom. And so um he says you have to build the railroad with me. So yes, Jesus has this underground railroad and he's showing me how to t- tunnel. <laughs> and okay, enough of that parable. I'll let you you guys take over. Um, that was too much fun. But I I I love thinking of that shadow side of Jesus because it it confirms, like, okay, so because I'm doing the work. I mean, I'm like, I'm going big on Jesus, but Jesus. It's still hard. He's like, "Yep, okay, but is it easier with me? A lot easier, thank you." And what are you going to do? I'm going to tell everybody it's a lot easier with you. And what will they say? Shut up, Greg. <laughs> We're just trying to do the most of them. And I'm like, "Oh, that's true." And don't worry, they won't be watching this episode. Only the ones who're like, "My weight is so heavy, I would, I would put up with listening to Greg this long." And I'd listen to Jonathan and I'd I'd watch Emily paint with her fingers. They're hurting that bad. Like you have to be hurting really bad to watch Jesus TV. That's what I've learned. And hallelujah. Okay. I'm trying to think what to say. Uh, There
1: was just so much
2: covered. I don't even know. Uh, So I'm trying to think of, like, kind of what I taught with all of that
1: is the idea that Jesus lets us learn from our own choices. And he lets you go through things so that you can learn. And you try something, like you said, you try something, you're like, well, that was a bad idea, don't do that again. Hopefully you're able, like, for me, I have to have a lot of bad ideas repeated like there's so many things that I have done repeatedly that it's like, yeah, that was a bad idea, but I just keep doing it. And I I try to get, what I'm trying to do is not like shame myself and be like, I'm a, I'm a bad person to be like, I made a bad choice. And I can make different choices. You know, like I can't change the past. I can't change the choice. Like if I decided to stay up all night reading a book, I can't change at three in the morning that i was up that late right i can't change it um but i can decide to make different choices like you know is there a pattern that drives me to do that is there something else going on and then i could make like a different choice um that's something that i consider that's all for
0: me i i like it uh um i'm gonna uh, have to go make a call real quick so i'm gonna Leave you guys to the mic, and um, you can tell us more about the painting you're doing. Um, people who weren't here last week, maybe that—that's what's my suggestion. What are your thoughts, Jonathan? Oh, um, uh, do you want
3: to? Uh, Greg was suggesting Maybe you could say something about the painting and what what you're doing now, and and what we did last week, because some people may not know.
1: Okay, yeah. So, um, sorry, I got distracted because Jason asked me a question at that same moment. So, uh, sorry, I got distracted. Um, so what I'm doing, I'll grab this camera. Jason, move one second, thanks. Um, so what I'm doing on here is, uh, last week we were painting the. Oh, we talked about the idea of being reborn and and building playing on each other. And so I just was playing with mud, like dirt, dirt, paint of the earth, dirt of the earth, dust of the earth, whatever you want to say it. And I thought this kind of ended up looking like a mountain. And so, like if you look really close, you can kind of see like some people. So you can see the person. Like there's a person right here. They're very sketchy right now. I don't know if I'll do any more on. Like, so here's somebody's head, and then here's their body. Here's, like, their hip and their leg, and then, like, they're stepping up. And there's a whole bunch of scribbles of different people in here. It's really hard to see any of them. I can't even really tell what they are. Um, and then at the very top, like, this is, like, a profile of Jesus. And so I got this idea of just, like, you know, that we're all working together to, they're trying to come to Jesus and through those different circumstances. Some of these people kind of look like they're in pain. Some are like reaching up. Some are just climbing on top of each other and shoving, you know, pushing others. And, and like there's a whole lot of different feelings in there. Um, so then when I, so I don't plan these out, right? So the end of last week, I'm like, oh, it looks like mountain. It looks like a mountain range. Uh, I'm going to make this look like a mountain range. So what I've been doing today is, um, so, I really wanted to start adding some of the sky in there. Uh, so, that's what I've started doing. Um, and then, yeah, so that's just kind of what I've been thinking about today is just trying to give it like a background or a situation. Like, a, I think when you do landscapes and things, you give something like a setting, uh, you give it a place, you give it a story, right? And I think that. Whenever there's a story, it has a lot
2: more meaning. And
1: I, I think you can relate that to people too. Like with us, whenever you have, you know, people will go through different things, but sometimes the more you get to know somebody and their reason for doing different things, the more you, um, sorry, let me put this back up because I keep dropping it. Okay. So the more you get to know, sorry, the more you get to know somebody and their story, the more you come to love them, I think. And I think that's the, uh, so I think that relates, like my art, I was talking to a couple of days ago, and I'm like, a lot of times when people decide to purchase my art, they maybe like the art and the colors, but the meaning comes from the story behind it. Or like in our episodes, when someone dec- decides to buy a painting, it's the story around it. It's the the thought process around it. It's the, so it's like what you see is only half the story. And I think, again, I think it's like that with people. And I think it's also like that with Jesus, you know, when you talk about Jesus or try to see Jesus you're only getting half of the story the story is your life and what you're going to to try to get there and the same thing with others it's what they're going through in trying to reach Jesus in however they can and and Jesus um is amazing because he will meet us or find us wherever we are whatever circumstances we're in you know we could be some of the some of the people I know actually even with me but I haven't been in similar circumstances as them um, I've never really been like an addict with like drugs or or things like that but some of the people i know one of them talked about um so i've done a lot of different traveling and and stories i used stories of jesus i guess i did a project in 2006 where i went to africa and i painted a lot of different stories of how they came to jesus and uh one of the people talked about how it was like the early 80s he was driving with a sports car you know cigarette alcohol on one hand And I don't know if he got pulled over or what exactly, I don't remember the whole story now, it's been too long, I'd have to read it. But the story was, that's when he found Jesus. As he was in the, moment, the thought came to him, like, what are you doing with life? Are you happy? Like, what's going on? And this, and that's kind of the moment, that was his moment, I guess you could say, of when he was born again. Jesus was like, why are you trying to destroy my church? Why are you doing this? Other people are finding happiness. You know, why are you why are you going this way and um and so that makes me think of you know when we find jesus it's again when you need him you're in these moments of, of weakness sometimes and you realize how badly you've messed up and you know you're like god please help me to be a better person please change my heart because i'm powerless to change it on my own you know you reach that they call the rock bottom so that's kind of what this all reminds me of is you just and I think that's why Jesus, I mean, that's why the whole plan is to let us learn, you know, and I try to raise my children and be oh, that I same way. Just... Yeah. i try tried to be that same way with my family, you know, and, you know, with myself, it just being like you, um, you know, you have to learn from experience. And even if I don't think something's a good idea, I have to try to let them learn. And hopefully you learn that lesson fast. And if you don't, you just, Another favorite quote of mine from somebody from when I was a kid um, in church was, lessons will be repeated until learned. You know, and it's it's true. You'll go through similar things or something that's gonna, and then even when you think you learn it, you'll get a deeper learning. Like uh, Jonathan or Greg, one of you was saying earlier, you know, when you're a kid, you sometimes the truths you learn, uh, they don't have the whole truth. You know, they're just like a basic uh, understanding. And then, as you as you grow up, and as you get more, I guess mature, you learn, oh, there's more to this story. And then, when sometimes when you learn how things actually work, you're like, whoa, that does that's crazy. Um, and I think there's a lot of things like that. So those are kind of my thoughts on it.
3: Um, so oh, let's see. Huh. Um, I'm gonna go back a little bit. Um, I think, I think I've kind of lost it now. Greg, could you have something? Let me think for a minute. Yeah,
0: that's fine. We can even have silent time. So when you think of it, just raise your hand. Um, so, uh, that, um, understanding that, um, we're down here to learn can be very, um, merciful um, because there's everyone uh, every human has had experiences where they've had to learn something and um, all of them have had experiences with um, f- failure and um, really people who find success when they're transparent if they are transparent they'll say they'll see the redeeming um, measure there is in failure so you Some of the business books that you'll see, popular business books, they'll actually treat failures like that's part of the process. Uh, Let's go fail. Um, So Elon Musk, let's go blow up some rockets because that's what you take the data and you learn from it. And he's like, okay, so what didn't work? What did work? Uh, Well, we got off the launch launch pad, but then it blew up. Okay, well, at least we know for the first few feet it works. But then what happened here? And they, they start taking note. And that's called becoming intentional or aware. There's many different things um, that different frames, but I've come to um, God has kind of settled my soul. Cause one of the things when I started getting closer to Jesus, I started caring about others and I'd see they're, you know, going down the wrong way and it is disturbing. And in fact, um, in the scriptures, there's prophets. It says they'd wet, wet their pillows because they were just so disturbed by um, the sins of others, and they knew the the heartache, and, and they were aware. And that is one of the things, as you get closer to Christ, I've noticed he'll soften your heart, and you'll start caring about people you're not related to, people that are, you know, so you'll see a news article, and your, your heart just bleeds for them. Now, some people are born that way, and that's called the gift of charity, if you have that. But I wasn't born with that. That wasn't at least my strength. I, I was born with some of it. But I was born with knowledge, key of knowledge, that's good, a gift of knowledge so I could understand things. But can you feel it? And this is where Jesus is taking me. We're kind of um, leaving the land of thinking my way through life and feeling. um, Because he says that's actually the most powerful part. You know, can you feel to sing the song of redeeming love? It's about feeling. Ultimately, he wants us to not just do something, but feel it like I love you. You can tell Jesus because I'm keeping your commandments. Yeah, but do you feel that love? Do you love me like you're giddy about some girl like you were in junior high? Well, no, not that. Uh, That's where I want you. I want you when you wake up, when you move through life. I see you, Jonathan. Uh, I want you to passionately love me. And that's why I have have all those parables about like... um, I'm like um, somebody you're married to. And, and when, when you're not paying attention to me, I, I want you to feel like, oh, Jesus really is not pleased because I'm not treating him like I should, a spouse that I love dearly. Um, but hey, but I'm, I'm providing you food. Oh, what, why do you need my love? And so you think a stoic Christian versus a Christian who's like bleeding heart, like, oh man, I just love Jesus. And he made it the first commandment. It's not like he didn't put that right in front of our eyes. Guess what the most important thing is? Jesus loving us? Nope. If he would have said that, he was already keeping that commandment. No, it's our commandment to keep. And he wanted to emphasize how important it is. We are to love him with all our might, mind, and strength. We don't grow up in a society that says, how much do you love Jesus? But that'll change. We're in the Jesus movement. uh, In the LDS church, it'll change others. They'll start asking you, how much do you love Jesus? Scale of one to 10 or scale of one to 100. I don't know if they'll do it that analytically, but that's what matters most. It's the first commandment. And it allows you and it it facilitates the second commandment. Because if you get enough Jesus in you, you can't help it. You'll start crying for people. They're not even your kin. You don't even know these people. Why you? Yeah. Why am I crying? That's not you. That's Jesus. He cares. Um, then eventually it does become you. Go ahead, Jonathan.
3: So it makes me um, think about that painting. Um, I uh, um, you're talking about um, the feeling, and the feeling is at the core of um, of our relationship with God. Um, feeling out after God. Um, that's the core, and I think it's the thing that unites us. Um, It's the thing that all those who truly worship God in spirit and in truth have in common. It's the thing that breaks down the barriers of what religion we're a part of, what movement we're a part of, which religion we're not a part of. Um, And with that seems to come love. So I found that there is a love between those who love the truth and those who love God, um, despite their varied persuasions. Um, when I look at that painting, I actually, that, that profile up at the top, what, what I see is um, I see a person looking up um, toward God. And, of course, it could be either, but usually if, I, I, if it were Jesus, I'd almost picture him looking down. But because the profile is looking up, it's almost as if it's kind of the explanation of the mountain itself itself is that this great mountain is all of these, is made up of all of these individuals who, despite their varied, um, the varied, uh, despite the fact that you'll notice as the mountain comes down, of course it spreads out like a mountain does. And I wonder if that's the way that it is, that it, it spreads out um, there's something about the tree of knowledge or no, the tree of life that it, which sheds itself, which is the love of God, which sheds itself abroad in the hearts of men. So it's not a narrow focus, like I'm going to shine upon this one little place. It spreads out like the mountain does it. Um, it shines like a light does in all directions so God's love is shining out in the hearts of all those that can receive it, and all those that are looking up um, toward God, like the profile is at the top of that mountain. So that's what I wanted to share.
1: Uh, yeah, I have a thing about that. Um, uh, you're right. So it is supposed to be like you're right, usually maybe Jesus is looking down, uh, but by... I don't tend to like to do Jesus that way um I so it's supposed to be kind of like a profile of Jesus looking up but the way I like about it is and then, all right, it does get a lot wider at the base um but kind of the way that I, I like that is because I feel there's many roads and many paths that can lead us to Jesus and as we take those we get nearer by God to thee right and then as we and then with um I like the idea that he's down here with us and he's helping us to come to his father, to God, to heavenly father. And so that's why I put him down there with us. He's not down looking at us being like, come up. I feel like he's down there with us being like, Hey, come on with me. I'm here with you. And so that's one of the reasons I, I put him down there um, with, you could say the mountain of people, I guess you could say is it's, You know, we're all trying to get there and we're trying to move up together, whether or not we know it, you know, and something that someone says, you know, way over here on this other mountain that maybe doesn't even seem related to us. There's going to be another, there's going to be some other mountains here. Those can also kind of help us bring us up, you know, whether or not that's person Christian or not. Like, I feel like I believe in finding that truth and that inspiration from everywhere and it comes together to help you. I guess those are my more of my thoughts.
3: so i'll just interject that it's so it's one thing there's a phrase that you guys will probably recognize all all truth can be circumscribed into one whole right so that's the idea i think is that one it's one truth which means christ is one it's like he's one thing and where you find truth you find christ so it's it's all one thing now that doesn't mean that we all believe the same things or that we Aren't all we all have? We all have flaws. There are inherent flaws within frameworks, but our job isn't to look out and find the flaws in somebody else's eye. We're not supposed to be looking for the moat in somebody else's eye. We're supposed to be looking at the beam in our own eye, right? So, the idea is that is that um, what I find so much of in the world is everybody's looking across the alley, looking across the world and they're um they're focusing on what's wrong with um which is fascinating because in the within the christian community they call that apologetics but there's two kinds of apologetics there's the c.s lewis apologetics where he's not he's not trying to build up christianity by tearing down other people and then there's the other kind of apologetics where they say come wednesday night and we'll teach you about what to do when the Jehovah's witnesses show up to your door and how to prove them wrong. Come, come Thursday night. And we'll teach you what to do when the Mormons come to your door and what to tell them to prove them wrong. It's not a beam in the other's eye sort of a thing. It's a, it's, it's the spirit of Christ. I think the spirit of Christ, and perhaps you're right there. He's doing this with us. Um, The spirit of Christ is the spirit of looking for the moat in our own eye. It's a spirit of humility and meekness and love. So,
1: I just noticed it's 11. I gotta go.
0: All right. Yep. Now's a good time, too. So, Thanks for joining us on Jesus TV, and we'll, we'll be back next week with another episode. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and end the meeting for all.